Have you or a loved one tested positive for COVID-19 during the past five days? Those 18 and over may be eligible to take part in a clinical trial for a possible COVID-19 treatment. Participants will receive study-related care at no cost. To learn more, call 1-855-221-3671. You're listening to Empowerment and All That podcast, your favorite podcast for women's empowerment hosted by Rita Bautista. It's time to be reminded of the authority of your inner goddess and elevate the power within. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of Empowerment and All That, your favorite podcast for female empowerment. On today's show, we'll be talking about growing through collaboration. And my guest today is Kelly Hall. She is currently serving as an active duty lieutenant in the Navy and is also a candidate for Miss California USA. Kelly, thanks so much for joining me today. Ah, thanks so much, Rita. So excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. So my God, Kelly, you have such an amazing story to tell. And one of the things that I'm pretty sure people are already wondering is like, how does someone who is in the Navy get involved with becoming a contestant for Miss California? Ah, yes. I'm asked this all the time. <laughs> and it's so funny because it was not calculated. It was not by design. Um, my kind of adventure with pageantry started on this very topic of collaboration um, four years ago now, over four years ago. I just, you know, I was already on this path of wanting to kind of personally develop and self-develop and do something a little bit more difficult, but I didn't know what yet. And I was being re- being sent to Columbus, Ohio for my next duty station in the Navy reinventing the wheel of making friends is not something that I'm foreign to. So I saw a commercial for Miss America and I was like, that's a good idea. And so I just so happened to Google like Ohio competitions for pageants, not knowing like any difference between Miss USA, Miss America. And so right away, I mean, first week of living in Ohio, I applied to be a part of Miss Ohio USA I had to get um, approval for the Navy and ended up competing. And I just knew it would be such a great way to meet people. That was number one reason why I did Miss Ohio USA to start. Um, and I accomplished that. I competed my first year and I had a great time. And I met my current best friend that way. It was all amazing. But this whole aspect of like empowerment came from being in the pageant and being in the Navy, which I was not expecting. Um, the response was like completely celebrated and the people loved it. And they were like, that's amazing being in the Navy, being in a pageant, you know, that femininity being displayed. So that's why I continued doing it. Um, and it definitely is not always an easy ride, but, um, it kind of just fell into my lap. So that's why now I'm stationed in Los Angeles, California. Um, I've only been here for about a month and a half, two months, but I decided to compete in Miss California, USA in January. So you're just jumping right in. You didn't even wait yeah. for the demand to settle. No, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm originally from California, so I was like, oh, I'm not foreign to this state. Let's just go for it here. Right, right. So you mentioned that it didn't come without some challenges. So what have been some of the things that you've been able to overcome while obviously, you know, 
being in the Navy and also, which most people don't look at as like the most feminine, right. I guess a little bit more feminine than the other branches, but still it's yeah. scary. So what challenges have you faced uh, being in the military and wanting to pursue pageantry? Um, a lot. And I think first and foremost, when you are approaching anything that might create a little adversity, you need to remember your intentions and why you're doing it. Um, and then second, you need to have people around you who are supporting and encouraging you. Um, so, you know, I got into pageantry completely just with an open heart, open mind, wanting to do something harder and challenging and more difficult, um, but also wanting to make friends. And so initially when I signed up for Miss Ohio in 2016, my headshot went live online and I experienced just an extraordinary amount of cyberbullying. People were just like, "You're if you're in the Navy, you should not be in a pageant. You're never going to be taken seriously. Like there are more important issues to, um, you know, in the military and in the world right now than standing on stage in bikini." And that was just completely unexpected for me because I wasn't doing a pageant for like attention or for marketing. I was doing it because I wanted to do it because it was it was difficult. Um, and so I knew right then, I was like, oof, this is not going to be an easy journey moving forward. But as is so much in life, there's going to be you know, people who disagree with your decisions. And you just have to remember why you're doing it. And hopefully it's all for positive reasons. Um, and then at the end of the day, I had an amazing circle of mentors and friends, um, coaches who were like, no, go for it. Like, we need someone like you in the military who's a lieutenant, who's out there proving you can do both. So if not you, then who? And I was like, you're, you're right. Like, if not me, then who? So I just continued to kind of channel that in all that I do, whether it's pageantry or building a business or wearing makeup in uniform, which you would not even believe that that's like a huge decision every day. Like some people are terrified to wear makeup in uniform because of like the backlash that you get. So I've just been like, you know what? If I can stay on stage and compete in a pageant, I can do anything <laughs> from this point forward. Absolutely. I love the level of confidence that you have when you're talking about this because, Thanks. you know, it's sometimes it takes a little while for women to fall into that space of femininity mm -hmm. and experiencing how it feels to be. I mean, I don't even know that I would be confident enough to be in a bikini on stage right now. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what I love about those pageants, I've been watching them since I was really little was like, you know, the questions that they ask, and it's always like these women are really just so busy doing some really amazing things. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about what it takes to be um, someone who actually competes? Like, what are the personalities that you've seen in all these women that you've met along the way? Well, it's so cliche, but even just to be competing is like, amazing. Like, these women are astounding they're so accomplished they're obviously beautiful on the outside but the stuff that they're doing in their community in their education in their professional careers is incredible um and i didn't realize that at first you know i i too had that like sandra bullock mentality of everyone's an idiot you know like oh they're just pretty faces and then i competed and i was like oh my gosh like she's getting her doctorate, she's getting her master's, she's a lawyer, she's a resident. And then I'm walking on stage, a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm shattering that stereotype of what people think of pageant girls as well. So 
at the end of the day, like to win, it has to, you have to be, you know, you really have to do all of it and be the whole package. So not just are you doing amazing things in your personal life and professional life, but you have to be that motivational speaker, public speaker. You have to be kind of a woman of the people and represent that state well. Um, so it's, it's a lot for sure. But any woman who's standing on that stage, like they already are someone to be admired because it takes so much confidence just to, to do, do what we do. Mm-hmm. Have you found a favorite story so far that you heard from any of the girls? You don't have to name names if you don't want to. Okay. Like an empowering story that you were like, wow, I, this is awesome. And yeah, I do belong here with these women, you know? Um, I've had a lot for sure. This is my fourth year competing, but my first year competing in California. But I'd say even just our current Miss USA, Chesley Christ, she's competing at Miss Universe right now. Um, and she's taken and passed the bar in two states, you know, and is currently a lawyer. And the reason why she was motivated to do something like pageantry, even while she was in law school, was because she um, did like a practice or mock trial and killed it. You know, obviously he's a great speaker and all those things, but the only feedback she got was that she should consider wearing a skirt in the courtroom instead of pants because it would be perceived better as a female. And so she ended up launching this whole women's fashionable white collar glam line for like women in business and what they should wear. And that was like before she got involved in pageantry, but then she found pageantry and was like, oh, this is a perfect platform to showcase like what I believe and what I'm doing. Um, And that's kind of like me, like what I experienced in the Navy and kind of people telling me I shouldn't be feminine. I didn't know how to get the word word out there and, you know, how to kind of shatter that mentality. And then I found pageantry and I was like, oh, here's a platform to do that. So even she's our current Miss USA, but even just that story alone motivates you to be like, She's out there trying to prove that women can do it all. It doesn't matter what we're wearing, if we're wearing makeup, if we're not wearing makeup. It's all about confidence at the end of the day. And you need to stop kind of fitting us into this bubble of what we should look like. Because for me, it's I shouldn't look feminine. And I'm being told not to wear makeup. For her, it's you should wear a skirt because that will be better in the courtroom. Like we should just look and be however we want to be at the end of the day, you should just take it seriously because we have a lot to offer, period. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that message right now. I think one of the most beautiful things about living in 2019 and now going into 2020 is that we've had this extreme strike of women who are voicing being more real and being more honest. And I've seen a lot of people now who have started these galas that instead of using heels, you can now wear sneakers. And so like, there's like a sneaker gala movement where women are wearing like these fall gowns. Yeah. And wearing, you know, tennis shoes versus heels. I'm like, Oh, I'm still not joining that movement. But although (laughs) my feet, (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. Extremely excited about, you know, moving away from, from the heels. I, I do think that what you said is is awesome. You know, it's we're moving away from the stereotype of who you're supposed to be and moving mm-hmm. more into allowing people to just be who they're supposed to be or who yeah. they actually want to be, right? And so want to be yeah. exactly instead of like what society is telling us we should look like or be like. It's you know, if I want to be in the navy and I want to wear red lipstick, I should. You know, as long as I'm following regulations and uniform. But <laughs> you know, like. 
if I want to look nice, like I should be allowed to look nice. I shouldn't feel uncomfortable because I'm dressing feminine. And that's something that a lot of women in the military face. Like I get messages and it's absolutely insane from women who are, you know, junior in the military and they say they're being pulled aside because their body lotion smells too good and they shouldn't wear that anymore because it's going to affect how the men in the unit see them or they're being told like, you know, not to wear workout clothes to work because, you know, when they're working out on their lunch hour, people are staring at them or just things like that. I'm like, that's a they problem. Like it's a you problem, not a me problem. Like if I want to wear a nice smelling bath and body works lotion, I should be able to do that. And it shouldn't affect your ability to work. <laughs> so I'm trying to encourage all these women, like wear what you want to wear, do what you want to do. If you are, you know, if you have that confidence and bring that to work, like that is what should pay off, not how you look on the exterior. So I think it's a really good point that you're bringing up is, you know, and I'm interested to find out your perspective. Do you think that this is going to last a lot longer in the military, right? That women are going to have to continue to like under or kind of like fly under the radar, or do you think that it's just going to continue snowballing and people like you will have the opportunity to continue to empower women in the military to say, you can be who you are, you know, I mean, we're still obviously still serving our country. So (laughs) what, I mean, how is it that it's going to take away from what you're doing? I think we're on the cusp of something really big because, you know, when I joined the Navy uh, about nine years ago now, it was just like unheard of that you would be feminine. And I was told my very first week of boot camp that, you know, you shouldn't wear makeup, you know, don't wear heels, shouldn't, you shouldn't even purchase your skirt that goes with your uniform because you're trying too hard to be feminine. Just all of these things that I was just like, why? Like, I have always loved being feminine and wearing makeup. But then at the end of the day, even in high school, just putting my track shoes on and going and smoking all the guys like, but doing that with like, you know, full face of makeup on. And that was just me. Like, that's how I am. But it's not to get attention. It's not because I need to be, you know, legally blonde. It's just that I like, you know, I feel more confident when I'm put together. Mm-hmm. So just from that nine years ago, And then I hit it again whenever I reported to my first ship five years ago. Same thing. Like, you need to dial back how you look. And, you know, I was the first female standing on board this ship in front of 26 sailors. They never had a female division officer before. And right then I could be like, ooh, I need to swear up and down. And I need to be all tough. I need to not wear makeup. And I'm like, but that's not me at the end of the day. And so, and then I did my job. And, you know, the sailors respected me still. And I think that's what message needs to be put out there is, again, if you're being true to yourself, that's all that matters. And like your leadership will shine through, your confidence will shine through, and ultimately what your purpose is, that will shine through. So I feel as though I'm myself as well as there's other females out there spearheading this message of being feminine in uniform. And if I could just be a small part of it, then I will be so happy. And I do have a little bit of leverage because I'm a lieutenant in the Navy. You know, like a lot of women out there don't have a voice because they're not very high ranking in the, in the military yet, or they're just starting out. So they can't tell a senior ranking officer, like, screw you, I'm going to wear lipstick. They have to be like, Oh yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Like, okay. Whereas 
I'm an officer, I'm going to be like, who are you to say that I can't do this? So I really do have a voice and I'm going to use it. I'm going to use this platform and I'm going to take it to Miss California. And, you know, if I win Miss California, that's even more of an example to set for women that you can do both. You can be on stage and win Miss California and wear a ball gown and be in the military. From that point forward, people are really not going to have much to say. <laughs> they can't really say you can't anymore. Right. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's excellent. I mean, that's honestly, that's the direction in which we need to continue going. And like, we need pioneers like you to continue moving that conversation forward and saying, who are you to tell me what I can and I can't do? If I want to wear my sweatpants or my yoga pants to work, who cares? Like, <laughs> or to right. work out, it should, it should bother you. Like, right. You need to just learn to live with us being everywhere because that's where we're like, going. You don't need to buy gym shorts down to your knees because you're too <laughs> afraid people are going to stare at your body. Like, that's so, that's, again, that's a they problem, not a you problem. Like, and that's what the mentality has to shift in our society. And so as individuals, we just need to embrace who we are and just stop worrying about what other people are thinking. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. How did you get involved in the Navy? Like what made you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go into the Navy? Uh, uh, um, well, I am a Navy brat through and through. I was born in the Naval Hospital <laughs> 27 years ago. So it's always kind of been in my blood. My dad's been serving the Navy for over 30 years now. Um, but I was one of those people who just thought the Navy was not for me. I was way too girly, loved shopping and dresses. And I was just like, oof, there's not someone in the Navy that like looks like me or has the same interests as me. I never saw those women on posters or in videos or anything like that. Um, so I really didn't think that it was like my speed, but ultimately at like 17, I started looking at different colleges and I've always been the kind of person that wanted to max my potential no matter what. I always wanted to do like the hardest, most challenging thing. Um, and I ended up touring the US Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And everyone was in uniform and they were like marching around and they were saying yes ma'am and no sir. And I was like, wow, this is tough. And I just knew right then and there if I didn't go into the Navy that I would always wonder what if I hadn't gone into the Navy. Um, because I could always go to a state school or join a sorority and kind of go down that path. But I knew choosing the harder path was something I couldn't turn my back to. So that's how, and it's been 100% the best decision I ever made in my entire life. I definitely have had an unconventional career, but I'm grateful for it and I wouldn't change a thing. Now, when you say unconventional, um, I remember you talking about your photography skills. Yeah. You're actually also a trained photographer. Yes. So, and this kind of sounded like it was the beginning of how you started collaborating, right? Like yes. how you started to begin to build your team through uh, working with others. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it has been unconventional, but it's because I have really like dipped into multiple passions outside of the Navy. And it's insane how it all comes full, full circle. Um, yeah, five years ago, I've, I've always been really passionate about photography. I was, you know, on yearbook staff and did photography in college and all of those things, but never intended on like turning it into a business. But I landed myself this amazing mentor when I was living in San Diego, California. 
this was five years ago and you know, I had this bright, flashy new camera and this photographer was at a winery and was like, hey, like, nice camera you got there. His name is Brand Bender. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he's like, if you want to learn how to use it, I'd be happy to show you, you know, I'm not going to pay you anything, but you can hold my scrims and follow me at weddings. And I was like, well, heck yeah, great. So, um, you know, I'm currently serving on a ship at that time, but spending my weekends following and shadowing this guy around weddings and learning all the ins and outs of photography. And so working with him was how I learned how to run a business. You know, he was a 20 year experienced photographer. He showed me how to operate as a wedding photographer and how to communicate with clients and how to market yourself and how to get referrals, which all led to my job now in recruiting. Um, now I'm, I'm the head medical recruiter out here in California. Um, I just, I'm just taking over that role now, but that is what this business is. Like it is marketing and self-marketing and referrals and social media and everything I learned from becoming an entrepreneur has translated into my career in recruiting as well. So it's amazing how you can work with people in all industries and you're teaching yourself skills you didn't even know that you would need later on in your career. Super cool. Yeah. I remember when I first started out in podcasting, which was really literally not even six months ago. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It, I, and you know, it, and I, I don't know if you mind me sharing with everybody, but yeah, like of course, of course. actually found me, which I think is like a testament of one of those things where you're like, oh my God, somebody actually is listening out there. Is, you know, I'm searchable now. <laughs> like, but it's, it's like you said, you know, you keep keeping yourself open to these things where, you know, you don't know where they're going to lead. And sometimes they're not going to pay you anything at the beginning, but in the long run can just be such amazing skills that you pick up and you learn. And so like, and now here I am, you know, interviewing you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think the, like a lot of people have this mentality of like, what's in it for me? Like as soon as they strike up a conversation, they're thinking, how is this person going to benefit me? How is this relationship going to benefit me? And what you need to realize is just like knowing each other and being connected with each other. That's already benefiting you. Like I would have never thought that meeting and shadowing a photographer would help me become one of the best recruiters in the nation in the Navy. Like what, what? And like that is a wedding photographer versus like medical recruiting. But it did, you know, learning that marketing and those skills is so valuable and there are people out there who are smarter than you are and doing more than you are and they're more skilled than you are and you need to have a dose of that humble pie and just ask questions because people are so knowledgeable and I promise you if you ask people what they're doing they're happy to talk about themselves they're going to share their knowledge with you it's incredible absolutely I think it's one of those things that you said is like not being afraid to ask the questions because mm -hmm. remembering that they started at ground zero as well at some point, even if they mm -hmm. were able for it, you have to actually implement and learn how to do things. And everyone starts at ground zero, but people are so afraid of being seen starting. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even to go back to pageantry, it was my, I was on my first ship and a guy who had previously served on that ship saw that same headshot that was being blown up on social media and getting cyberbullied, he saw that, remembered I served on the same ship he did. He put me in contact with his sister 
who was a two-time um, Miss America and Miss USA winner. And he just messaged me and goes, hey, Kelly, you don't know me, but I saw your picture. We served on the same ship. Happy to help like another Navy sailor out. Would you want to talk to my sister, Erica? And I was like, well, here's something positive that came out of like all of this negativity. And Erica has ended up, she's coached me all four competitions, all four years. We've actually ended up having a beautiful friendship because of it. And again, like I could have just ignored the message and been like, whatever. But like, thank God people are out there lending a hand, a hand and you have to accept it. Like I would be an idiot not to be like, yes, put me on a phone call with your sister. Who's clearly done something right. Cause she was a former Miss South Carolina USA. So I know I hopped on a phone call with her and just kind of racked her brain of everything she did. And that is what has helped me succeed in pageantry. She sent me to every coach and every mentor that I needed to talk to. So people are out there as resources. You just have to be willing to follow up and you have to be willing to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Like if you are afraid to do those things, you're not going to ever collaborate with anyone. So you mentioned that you had this like cyberbullying um, mm-hmm. instance. Now, right now, it seems like the more popular people get on social media, the more they're dealing with having mm-hmm. to, um, you know, kind of navigate that cyberbullying. What advice would you give to somebody who is going through something like that? Um, again, the first thing would be intent. Like, there's nothing I post on social media that isn't coming from a positive intent. Like I am trying to either celebrate someone in my life or I'm trying to share a positive message about the Navy or I'm trying to like show a different side, our personal side of the Navy, Um, you know, or I'm just, whatever, I'm excited to share something that I've recently accomplished, but I'm never just like, ooh, let me boast about this or let me post a sexual picture or anything like that. And if that's what your intention is, that's great. But know that you're going to undergo negative comments all the time. So if your intention is positive, just remember that. And then it's easier to ignore those comments. Um, But as my following grows, especially on my Navy account, just like overnight, it like took off, which is awesome. But like you said, with any sort of following, I have about 11,000 followers on my Navy account. There are comments every day from naysayers and people who pick apart my exterior, people who pick apart my uniform, they pick apart my looks. Like people just literally are just like, ooh, today I'm going to attack something about Lieutenant Hall. And that's fine. Like if that is like what you're doing with your time, all I can do is pray for you because like you really need to find other hobbies. But, like, I'm still going to continue preaching about the Navy and all the opportunities and, you know, talking about Miss California and why I love being feminine and kind of this message I feel like is in my heart because that is why or how I feel most powerful. And I'm not going to let people take that power away from me. Mm-hmm. So you have to ignore it. I don't look at my comments that often unless they're work-related. I never check my views. I never look at who's liked my photos. I never look at any of those things because that is when you start kind of like picking apart, ooh, like I can't believe that person didn't like my picture or like I can't believe they commented that thing or whatever. And I delete the negative comments and I block the people who say something really mean, like get out of here. So it's going to happen. But again, when it boils down to that intent and it's something positive, then you, 
it's, it's not going to keep you awake at night. Mm-hmm. Were you always this positive, like empowered woman, or was there ever a moment where you were like, Kelly, we got to get this life together, girl. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think I was born like confident and inspired and empowered. I think I was just really, really lucky to have parents who encouraged me and kind of instilled this confidence in me. Is specifically my mom. She was the type of mom that, like, she just did not care what people thought and did not care what the other girls were wearing at school and would not let me be upset about people's comments. Because, like, I would come home and be like, Mom, people say I'm dirty because, like, I study so much. Or people are telling me I can't wear makeup on the track team. Or you know, I'm getting made fun of because I used to like wear blazers to school because I felt more confident when I would take tests. And she'd be like, Kelly Hall, you can wear that makeup and you will run faster than all of them. And you just show them how it's done. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Like I'm going to do it. And then she'd be like, you, you dress like you're interviewing for a job and you go in there and you take that test. Like you are like your whole career depends on it and you're going to walk out with your chin up. And I'm like, okay, great. So I would just walk around school with my little briefcase and the biggest smile and, you know, people would make their comments, but eventually it just became, Oh, like, of course Kelly is wearing that. Or like, that's just Kelly or, you know, Ooh, I'm dressing like Kelly Hall today, you know? And, and it came something positive because I was like, I'm, I'm just going to look this way and I'm just going to do my thing and it doesn't matter. So I'm really grateful that she taught me that at a young age because eventually like now <laughs> I'm, I'm still that way. And I still have people like make their comments and, you know, maybe say something negative, but I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to do my thing and it doesn't matter. So I try to be that person for other people who didn't have a mom that maybe was that encouraging. And when I have women who reach out to me that say like, I'm being, attacked for how I look or I'm being told I shouldn't do a pageant or I'm being told I shouldn't start a business. I'm like, Hey, you do it. I'm here to tell you that you can and you will, and you have the opportunity to do it. Um, and for people who don't know, like I'll be that mentor for them. So again, with the collaboration, I'm, I'm always happy to be that person for them. I was just lucky to kind of be born into a family of mentorship. So what has been, or who has been your strongest mentor so far other than your mom? Oh, um, I mean, I just have mentors in every area of my life. Like, and I think that's what you need to do whenever you, especially for me, I'm multi-passionate, but so I'm not saying everyone needs to have five mentors, but I probably have about five mentors because I model and I run a business and I'm competing in pageants and I'm in the Navy. Um, not an overachiever at all. But honestly, I wouldn't even say there's been like a mentor that outranks the rest. I would say, honestly, it's the naysayers who still give me the biggest mm-hmm. push every day. Like every time I'm like, Ooh, like that's something I shouldn't do. I'm like, wait, why? Why shouldn't I do that? Because there's people out there who agree with me that I shouldn't be doing this or that. And every time I see those negative comments or every time I'm told no, I'm like, that only motivates me further to prove them. Yes, yes, I can do it. And yes, you can do it all. And you can do both. 
So I say at the end of the day, what motivates me the most are the people who don't believe in me. But I'm very grateful for the people who have believed in me because I couldn't do without them. That's amazing. So what would you say are your top two tips? Now, you've been sharing a lot of really awesome pieces about collaboration, but what would you say are your top two tips that you want people to know when it comes down to picking people that they want to collaborate with Mm -hmm. and how to continue that relationship with them once they have started um, working with them? Um, Well, first I would say don't be afraid to reach out. And I genuinely mean this. Like, people want to help you. So, you know, on Instagram, sometimes it is difficult to message someone with 20,000 followers and say, hey, I'd love to shadow you because I promise you, you're one of 70 people that's telling them the same thing. So be a little humble and reach out to maybe someone who has less of a following. Just because they're not an Instagram famous person doesn't mean they're less knowledgeable. It just means that maybe they've spent more time in their career than posting on social media. Um, so reach out to people and don't stop until you find someone, um, who's knowledgeable in that career field, but specifically in your area. Cause you want to find someone who is in your city. You can get lunch with, you can get dinner with, you can shadow with them. Um, so that would be first and foremost, reaching out. But second, take a step back and realize you have to start somewhere. I did not get paid for a single shoot when I was shadowing brands for the first two years in San Diego. So I did like 30 weddings with him or something crazy. I didn't get paid for any of those times. Um, But I mean, I was having this experienced, you know, subject matter expert tell me every setting I should have my camera on and everything he's using and how to shoot and how to find lighting and how to pose your clients. Like, do you know how expensive classes are on all those things? Like I basically racked his brain from like photography university and he helped me with all those things. <clears throat> so some people think that when they're starting a business, like I should get paid right away. Like I can't believe they're going to make me come here for free and shoot with them. Or they're asking me to model for free. Like I've done a ton of modeling sessions for free and yeah, I've had other ones where I got paid, but guess what? Like, I'm only going to get better if I, if I collaborate with other people. And a lot of times you're collaborating for free. So just kind of have that expectation. Um, and those partnerships and those connections sometimes will get you paid work later on, but just always have an open mind to partner with people and don't expect to get paid right away. I think that's a good point. We, um, just recently started Latina podcasters, which is a community. Yeah, on um, Instagram and Facebook. On Facebook, we have a private group that we're growing currently. But on Instagram, we've made it to five five hundred followers in like a month yeah. and a half. And so for me, whether <laughs> whether that's a good thing or not, I'm I'm celebrating every little milestone along the <laughs> way. I used to be really bad at that, uh, not celebrating, not giving enough credit for like like you said the little things where it's like maybe we are doing things for free, but there are these like milestones where you could see your progressive growth, even when you are doing things for free. And uh, luckily, you know, we highlight a podcaster a day, um, sorry, not a day, a week. And one of the podcasters that I just so happened to have highlighted that week reached out and was like, Hey, do you want to go speak somewhere about what you guys are doing? And I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah, tell me, sign me up tomorrow. 
And so she started talking to everybody else because of the collaboration that we had for her coming on and doing a live video for our community. She was also able to talk to other people about what we're moving forward with, you know, those little milestones that we have along the way. And that's the best form of marketing is when other people can talk for you and say, you know, these people are starting something. There's something there, whether they're, you know, at the beginning stages, right? Or like Kelly's this amazing model who's going to just going to continue growing or, you know, pageant, but she also does these all. So it's like all these things that in the long run will eventually get you paid, you know, mm -hmm. it's all about the learning and building blocks along the way. So I think it, it's very important, like you said, to not be afraid to ask questions and also make sure that you understand that collaborating most of the time is free, mm -hmm. but with the return of the reward that eventually it won't be, right? So exactly, it's very important. I met this other photographer, a, a photo shoot I was modeling for, and she, I was just so impressed by her. I was like, oh, she's just a killer. So of course I got her Instagram. Anyone I'm ever impressed by, I always get their Instagram because I'm happy to refer them to other people, but I also, you know, obviously I'm gonna reach out to them eventually. So I got her information and found out the shoot that I did that I modeled for, she wasn't getting paid for. She was just like a friend of a friend and was like, ooh, like that sounds fun because it was for spray tanning. Um, and her name's Jacqueline. So anyways, I ended up loving her work so much that I referred her to a bride to be who was planning a wedding the following year. And I was like, Hey, Kristen, you should totally look at her photography. She ended up booking her boom right there, like paid gig. And so she later, you know, found me again on social media and was like, Hey, thanks so much for the referral. Like, it's insane. I did this one photo shoot for free. I met you and you later referred me to a bride to be boom. Like, you know, that's where that, that free work comes in and that collaboration comes in because if you're just stuck in business and you're always just booking clients, booking clients, booking clients, sometimes the best people to meet are the ones that you shoot for free because they are going to love their experience and be more than likely to talk about it because they're like, Hey, I just this free shoot with Kelly. She was amazing look at all these photos I did and then she'll post that to the world or share it with the world. Um, where sometimes paid clients are just like, look at my photos, you know, <laughs> they don't necessarily have that same energy about what they just did with you. So that's definitely a great point to keep in mind about kind of working for free sometimes. I, I think you brought up a good point too about the energy portion of it. Like we've, I've noticed this at least when it comes down to collaborating with some podcasters or um, you know, doing different episodes because this is how podcasting also grows as well is where like one person will be on one podcast and in turn they'll do another episode with that same person for their podcast. And so you like, you're almost cross marketing with each other and it's almost like you get more excitement out of collaborating with them versus just doing an episode by yourself or mm -hmm. somebody, you know, or sponsorships or whatever the case may be. I mean, obviously okay. that's, paid work, but it's almost like the excitement and the energy is more there for people to be like, yeah, let's do this. You know, like what, what, what can, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And in mm -hmm. turn, we help each other out. And so, you know, it's definitely that energy, that momentum that you get when you're, when you're helping people. So. Well, people should think about collaborations like a web, like anytime you're including more people in a project who 
all have their own networks, who all have their own social media followings. You know, I have an extensive background in event coordinating as well. And I don't just, you know, order cookies from Walmart, like boom, cheap, $10. I usually would bring in like a local bakery and say, hey, like, let's do quick pro quo. Like if you provide this amount for this event, I'm happy to give you social media posts and put business cards out at the event. I have 40 people who come to the event who have now picked up and ate and posted about their adorable cookies, you know, whereas I could have easily just gone to like a big marketplace and got something, you know, that's cheap. So every time you're doing that, like bringing in people, bringing in small businesses, bringing in their networks, if there's an opportunity to collaborate, you always, always should. But people don't think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but like we're all business owners here. Like let's empower each other and build each other's network. It's so important. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the biggest, the one of still today to this day, right? Like one of the biggest forms of marketing is word of mouth. Oh yeah, for sure. So. And luckily we have like social media now. It's another form of word of mouth because people will post just when they like stuff. Like, yes, people will post also when they're getting paid, but you can usually tell. But I feel like, like I'm sponsored by a couple brands, but then I'm also not sponsored by a lot of brands. But at the end of the day, people are like, wait, what are you wearing? What are you using? And I'm like, I just love it. Like, I just think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, yeah, like that looks really great. And then they always you know, follow up and they end up purchasing it because again, it's all about that energy when you really love something. Mm -hmm. So people pick up on that for sure. Oh yeah. So unique collaborations and making sure that you're using the right amount of energy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Good deal. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, but before we sign off, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Yes. So if tomorrow you walked out of the door and somebody told you you had $10 million in your bank account, what would you do with the money? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I forgot you were going to ask me this. <laughs> um, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, I really like the whole point of me doing Miss California is because, you know, I want to extend this message specifically to women um, about not just empowering them, but how to even find that power. Like we are all capable of being powerful people and we all are passionate people. We just may not even realize what we're passionate about. I didn't realize that I loved photography enough and then later became a business owner. Um, I would love to either start my own morning show. Um, like uh, my dream is to host the today show. I've always wanted to start my own morning show. But use that $10 million just to get out there, speak in front of women, kind of become um, a professional motivational speaker. But at the end of the day, help women feel more confident, feel more empowered. And I, I bet the $10 million would help me launch that project. So um, if, if I could help just get into people's worlds and just shake them up and realize that they are all capable of amazing things, that would be pretty awesome. Well, I'm glad that that's what you would do because I just came right <laughs> along with the theme of this podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh man, $10 million. That would be awesome. Give me a camera crew right now. I know. <laughs> In the streets. <laughs> well, Kelly, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Why don't you let us know how people can get in touch with you on social media to follow you? Yeah so that they can see your journey along um, in the Navy and also uh, on your journey to be Miss California. Ah, thanks. 
thanks. Um, I still get so excited to hear that. I hope it comes true. So my personal account is Kelly Renee Hall and my Navy account is Lieutenant Hall. My photography account is Kelly Renee Photography, but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on my personal account, Kelly Renee Hall. I'm, I'm always open to um, any messages that come my way. Awesome. Now, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? I don't think so. Just, I mean, I hope people listen to this message and really take the advice seriously. What you and I are doing is, you know, nothing difficult. It's, it's not textbook. It's not, you know, MIT level material. We're just normal people who collaborate with other businesses and, you know, help each other grow. So we all have that capability. So hopefully people really take this advice because there's a real potential for everyone to grow in collaboration. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, thanks again for coming on the show and good luck with the Miss USA. I know I'm Miss California. Oh, I said Miss USA. That might be the next. It could be Miss USA. Who knows? Awesome. Thank you so much, Rita. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Empowerment and All That podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. Want to help me grow the listener tribe? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Empowerment and All That. And remember, keep it positive or don't keep it at all. Si tú y tus amigos ordenan de McDonald's juntos, deja que los demás agarren su comida primero. Yo sé, el solo pensar en el olor de las papitas y tener que esperar para meter tu mano en la caja y sacar unas suena loco. Pero por regla, si eres la última persona que sostiene la bolsa, entonces las papitas que se cayeron al fondo de la bolsa son tuyas. La paciencia paga, amigos. Para pa pa pa.